Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. The book is called Conspiracy You, a case study. The author, Scott Shea, is here to joining us, joining us to talk about this new book. So, Scott, your book takes a deep dive into anti-Zionism and conspiracy theories. What prompted you to write this book? Well, that's the canary, the canary in the coal mine are the anti-Zionist theories that are conspiracy theories. But it's part of a deeper, and I use this word advisedly, corruption in in academia today, where theories can conspiracy theories can negate facts and i started writing this book on the to, to actually it started as an article a 2500 word article that grew to a book mm-hmm. on the lessons that i learned from my father to commemorate this the 75th anniversary of his liberation from dachau mm-hmm. and the more i and i started citing some of the lessons i learned and some of the things I learned in college, uh, you know, at university at Northwestern University, and what started out to be a twenty-five hundred-word essay grew to then a ten thousand-word article, and I just kept writing. <laughs> That's what wow. prompted me to do it. Wow. So, where do you think this is coming from? Tell us about the research. You know, um, you know that got your attention to this research that was done on Northwestern and and academia at large. So I did the research on Northwestern, and frankly, I was super duper surprised at what was going on, that there were conspiracy theories that that professors, respected, venerable prospectors, uh, pr- professors who are otherwise brilliant, are spouting about Jews and Zionism. So on the far right, and by the way, it's the far right and the far left. So on the far right, there's a professor of electrical engineering by the name of Arthur Butts, who contends that the Holocaust was a hoax. Indeed, the name of his book that's become somewhat famous in neo-Nazi circles is The Hoax of the 20th Century. And I, I, he, just, I just don't get that. I, I just don't. I, I, sorry, Scott. I just It's so ridiculous for people to think this is a hoax. There are people who survived and talk about it. Oh, my father is a survivor, and I yeah. lost all. He lost his father, was murdered essentially in front of him or pretty close to him. His brothers, his aunts, his uncles, his cousins. My closest relative is a, on his side is a second cousin once removed, who whose ancestor happened to be um, out of the country <laughs> um, and ran to Palestine, then Palestine. Mm. Um, but here's what he says, and 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 he he first of all he says he doesn't hate Jews. He just he's at heart he's an anti-Zionist, and that the Zionists were so crafty and evil that they were able to to um, plant thousands of documents that related to the Holocaust. And they were so uh, clever and crafty that they were able to use his word, bamboozle, many, many innocent, innocent, Nazis, German Nazis, to confess to crimes against humanity that they didn't actually commit and commit to confess to being witnesses, perpetrators, bystanders, all with different stories. And and, and it's all due to these this crafty conspiracy 
of Zionists. Now, it's ridiculous. And he takes, you know, small anomalies in demographic charts to say that 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 no one was killed, that there was a little bit of an outbreak of typhoid brought in by Germans and that some Jews were moved to to security camps for their own well-being. This is what a tenured professor of Northwestern University um, can spout. Now, I compare him, by the way, to some left wing, some far left um, uh, uh, professors at Northwestern <laughs> or who have been at Northwestern or spoken at Northwestern or venerated at Northwestern. And I'll quote just from one who's on the far left who talks about the Holocaust equivalently. He says the problem, this is Professor Stephen Salady, he says the problem with the remembrance of the Nazi Holocaust is it happens in isolation from historical relevant events and worse from its ongoing consequences. It's not very useful at all if an ongoing genocide of a corresponding genocide is taking place with Palestinians at the hands of Israel. And then he says later in his book, again, not making any of this up, it's all their own words, the Nazi Holocaust in Europe seems a direct antecedent to Israel's founding. There were plans from the outset of Zionism to rid the promised land of its indigenous population. So here on the far left, and this is not uncommon to, for the far left to say that somehow there was a multi-generational cabal of Zionists, Jewish conspirators to cause harm to Palestinians. And when I read the, and I, what I did was read deeply what the, but it's in their own words, read what the far left and far right professors are saying. On the far right, they're saying Jews are conspiring worldwide to harm all white people. And on the far left, they say Jews are conspiring worldwide to harm all people of color. And they basically, and what I do in my book by reading the far left and reading the far right is frequently I give examples where they're saying the exact same thing in slightly different words. Mm. What what is causing this? And it's causing the further divide in our country when we go to extremes, um, Scott Shea, far left and far right. And we see a divisiveness in the country today. We, we lack any kind of common ground, it seems. What's causing this for conspiracy theories to thrive at the university setting? Well, first of all, I mean, conspiracy theories about the Jews, I sort of believe that Jews are the canary in the coal mine. And uh, in that, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners know that coal miners used to bring canaries uh, with them because if there were harmful gases, they died first. And then the miners would know to take action. Well, Unfortunately, I think this all just begins with the Jews. And in my when I when I did the research for Conspiracy U, I was able to find tons of other theories that also are unsupported by any facts. And indeed, one academic along the way said that she didn't really like facts as much as theories because facts are messy and evidence is messy, but theory is pure. How is <laughs> the problem is, is that if you believe any theory, you can believe anything about anybody. Yeah. And these theories are dangerous. And it's not like Las Vegas, where what's, you know, happens there is supposed to stay there on campus. 
these theories are having a a, a infiltrating an infectious effect on society. And if I could say just one more thing, that the thing I used to think of, and this is why I'm so worried about what's happening in academia today, is that I used to think that more more um, education would lead to less anti-Semitism. But in reality, it's just the opposite. So there was a study conducted by professors Jay Green, Alan Cheng, and, and Ian Kingsbury of 18... 100 Americans. They asked parallel questions about Jews and other ethnic groups. For example, should a military prohibit someone from wearing a Jewish yarmulke or the parallel question of Sikh turban? Or is there, do they ask to do a loyalty question about Mexico and Israel? They asked about <clears throat> Sabbath, you know, between Seventh day Adventists and, um, and Jewish uh, Shabbat observance. And they found that. People with college degrees were five percentage points more likely to apply the principle more harshly to Jews than non-Jews. And if they had an advanced degree, they were 15 percentage points more unfavorable towards Jews. Is so that, I, that includes Jewish professors too, Jewish academics too? Um, well, I have to tell you, and the thing that really drove me crazy in, re, in doing the research is that there are Jewish academics who want to hang with the cool kids. And mm -hmm. there was a, there was a, a advisor. There was a professor who uh, professor uh, uh, Jasper Puar was invited. Who's a tenured professor at Rutgers has won awards for, for a book books who claims that Jews are really maiming. Um, they're, they're maiming Palestinians to harvest their organs. They're trying to starve hugely conspiratorial, strangely conspiratorial theories. And she was co-sponsored by the Jewish Studies Department at, um, at, um, uh, at, at Vassar. In, at Oberlin, the Jewish Studies Department is, 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 is frankly anti-Semitic. In places like the College <laughs> of Charleston, all over, unfortunately, Jewish Studies Departments seem to want to, in, in some cases, buy into all of this. Mm. And it's extremely disturbing. That's not universal, but it's absolutely growing. Let me ask you this, for people listening here, Scott Shea, what's the difference between a theory about an actual conspiracy and a conspiracy theory? That's an excellent question. because, And that's what I try to explain. So you can have... So first things first, a conspiracy theory is not unharsh or biased or, or just wrong criticism. It's worse than that. So you could say, and I don't agree, all Jews are greedy. Um, that's harsh criticism with no evidence. But if you say that all Jews are Jews or Zionists or the Israel lobby or whatever term you want to use for Jews, if you're if you if you hate Jews, is that Jews are somehow conspiring to cause harm in a secret way that only those with revealed knowledge understand. And that's a conspiracy theory. You can have a theory about a conspiracy and then try to examine whether that conspiracy is actually happened or didn't happen. Um, you can have a theory about, and but once you determine the evidence 
if there is no conspiracy, there is no conspiracy. Conspiracy theories, as they're used in the vernacular, are unfalsifiable. So for a butz, if you show him that there's documents that uh, of the want to see, want to see um, uh, 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 a conference where eight, where 15 leading Nazis, uh, eight of whom had doctorates, uh, came up with the final salute with the with the with the execution and the blueprint for the final solution. So Butt says that's that's uh, forgery. Um, and that uh, it didn't really happen. Um, and if you and, it, and the same thing go for the, the conspiracy theories that don't revolve around Jews, um, like in the Sandy Hook, Alex Jones said, well, the people who were shown being dead were just actors. You know, so it, they, there's never an ability to falsify a conspiracy theory. It just grows and grows and grows and grows. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between a conspiracy or versus someone having a theory about a conspiracy and then trying to prove it or not prove it. You know what's, yeah. Go ahead. No, what's scary about the, the thought of earlier when you said the, the pr- pr- particular professor said, you know, she'd rather believe in theories than facts. What's scary about that is if you really apply that in all aspects of life, like science, we can't make decisions based on theories. I mean, people have all these theories about COVID-19, but we're the facts on it. You know what I mean? Our life, you know what I mean? So how do you base life on theory? Our life depends on it. And yeah. that's what so worries me about why I spent so much time doing the research and writing Conspiracy You, because this can these theories that are unsupported by facts will could end up and already undermining society, undermining yeah. our civil society. And when and ca- people, and causing divide, it causes further yes. division. Yeah. And when yeah. people stop thinking and just accept ideologies and theories that they've given up thinking and they just become automatons. And you can see that where people are not willing to disagree with their political party movement, whoever their God King Pharaoh is. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. You know, we've lost critical thinking and and speaking of King Pharaoh, because you reference biblical stories throughout conspiracy, you, you suggest that, you know, if if the motto is Philippians 4, 8 and the golden rule can be provided to an unbiased, applicable framework and comparing these theories. I mean, the, that approach in, in using wisdom and critical thinking that comes from the Bible. Yes. I mean, the Bible actually, and this is one of the things that I, I thought was just struck me. The Bible actually has the first conspiracy explained. There's the there's the story in uh, the second book of Kings of the 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 Jews in the northern uh, the northern part of Israel in in the kingdom of Israel were suffering a seven year a seven year famine. They were surrounded by the they were about to be attacked by the Arameans, which were hugely militarily superior. And just before the attack. The uh, the Arameans heard noises, and the Bible says it, that that these are were, were just noises, um, and then they all fled on foot. Now, the Arameans knew that the that the Israelites, the kingdom in Israel, was in a famine. They knew that they had no money. They knew that they had no weapons. There were only four lepers who were 
anywhere in sight. This is the famous story of the four lepers. And they employed scouts and intelligence officers. And armies are used to having false flags, signals, decoys, gambits. And yet they all bought into this conspiracy theory and fled by foot. So that's the danger that when a it, it depicts the danger that when a even a even smart people latch onto a conspiracy theory, they lose all tethering to reality. And yeah. unfortunately, that's happening to us. Everybody just retreats to their tribe and believes whatever their 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 God King Pharaoh says. And this is this is not something we can just say the other guy is doing. We got to look at ourselves. Oh yeah. And you know what? You know, you're so right about that, Scott Shea, too. We get so pulled in, and I don't want to get too much into politics here, but we get so pulled into or become beholden to our political parties that we, we've we lost the ability to be critical thinkers, you know, and to look at the candidates and what they're doing. And, and that's everything in the world. Everything becomes so agenda-driven when we don't become critical thinkers and we fall into these conspiracies of what they think is happening. You have to be willing <laughs> if you want to be a critical thinker to annoy your friends. <laughs> I love it. As you, as you say that, as we're approaching the holiday season, uh, Thanksgiving and Hanukkah and Christmas and all the holidays. <laughs> you have to be, of, but, yeah, but you can true. be disagreeable. Yeah. You can be, you can disagree without being disagreeable. If you stick to the facts, if you just cite your own theory, there's no common ground other than to take out the weapons and start Fighting, beating at each yeah. other, fighting. You're, that's yeah, the right. problem. And universities, that's why I wrote Conspiracy U. And it's a very fact-based book. I mean, there's not a lot of speculation in this book. I mean, I really show chapter and verse how this is happening, how this is unfolding, and shame on us if we don't do anything about it. So what can we do? Well, how do we get the book, first of all, Scott? How do we get the book? So it's available on Amazon.com, on BarnesandNoble.com. It's uh, at, at quality bookstores. Um, unfortunately, there are fewer and fewer of those, but it's yeah. available virtually anyway. Um, you can you can you can click on my website scottshay.com, and you'll be taken to one site to one site to, to buy the book. But really easy to get, and it's starting to open up some real eyes. And I I, I mean. People in and out of academia are reaching out. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people have, have been sending this book to their children in college just you know, to say, don't forget how to think. You know, it's so funny that you say that, Scott, because I can't tell you how many parents. Now, I don't have a college age student uh, child yet. But I'm going to tell you how many parents have told me my kids go away to college and they come back brainwashed. It's like, what are they teaching these kids? It's like they're just following, you know, like you said, King Pharaoh, and they're just not thinking for themselves. When we all think alike, that means we're not thinking. Yeah. And when we all follow the same ideologies, and I don't care if they're on the right or their left, they're really, it really becomes dangerous. And yeah. that's what this, my book tries to do. It tries to also explain how theories it used to be when i was going to to, to school when you know dinosaurs roamed the the meadows <laughs> that um that you put up a theory and then the goal was to attack the theory with facts and if it could stand up to facts good yeah it could live another day if it yeah. couldn't stand up to facts dismiss the theory but that's it's we reversed it now we 
try to shun facts and shut people down. Yeah. 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 It's so sad. It's so funny. And the reason I mentioned science and I don't want to get too much into whole COVID because that's another conversation, but I asked the doctor because I read a research study and I'll just give an example about blood type and COVID. And I asked this, this doctor about it because who's, who's done a ton of research on COVID. He goes, that's just a theory. He goes, it hasn't been properly researched or founded. It's just a theory. And I'm like, okay, good to know. It's just a theory. Now it's a theory that's worth looking into, but we can't live by it. You know, it's a theory. You know, they're thinking, right. does blood type have to do with the, the the levels of how people get affected by COVID? They don't know that. They put, But you read the article, Scott, as if it was fact. That's what bothered me. And so folks out of, out of college who become <laughs> journalists and write, sometimes just write for how they think things are supposed to come out because they're, it's, it's ideological. Again, it's not fact-based. And I, unfortunately, I've become a more careful reader of journalism and I see that as rampant. You should, but if you're reading an article quickly, boy, you could come to the exactly wrong conclusion. You're absolutely right about that. And I went to journalism school 30 years ago and it's much different today. We were, you know, it's who, what, when, where, how, and why, and you had to prove the facts, you know, today it's so agenda driven. And, and I was talking to a couple of my colleagues who had given some, um, you know, guest lectures in, in universities around Michigan and journalism schools. And they said, Vanessa, they're acting like they're they're getting degrees in activism. And I'm telling them that's not journalism. You're not coming out of the school being an activist. That's not what a journalist does. Go into a different profession, you know, and there's like they're bleeding the lines between activism and journalism. I, I agree. One of the professors that I uh, that I that I quote and, and analyze his views is at Medill at Medill, um, which is a, one of the, is a great journal used to be a great journalism school at Northwestern University, um, and uh, one professor clearly is spouting conspiratorial theories about Jews again, not just unwarranted criticism, but un, unfalsifiable theories that that. Zionist Jews are trying to harm people of color. Yeah. And that's not what journalists are supposed to do, especially not if they're not if they're supposed to be not if they're real, not mm-hmm. if they're doing honest journalism as opposed yeah. to advocacy. So again, uh, uh, Scott Shea is who we're talking to here in your community. The book is Conspiracy, You, a Case Study. Scott, we have about a minute left with you. What else do you want to share with our, our listeners before we let you go? Well, I think this is will be one of the defining issues of our day. Uh, what starts at university never ends at university. And this sort of thing is feeding into other, other venues. It's feeding into even investing um, where people are doing screens that screen out <clears throat> Israel investments. Um, and it's, it's really sad to me because my father lived in a time when conspiracy theories in Europe were as prominent as romance and Slavic languages. <laughs> and that led to really, really bad times, not just for the Jews, but for humanity. Mm-hmm. And I really worry that the mushrooming growth of conspiracy theories coming out of universities yeah, it doesn't lead us to that kind of societal uh, trauma and tragedy again. So that's why I wrote Conspiracy You. And again, it's fact 
based. Conspiracy You can find it on Amazon. Scott Shea, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Vanessa. My pleasure. Any questions or comments or topics you want me to get to? Vanessa Dunha, you can go to any of my social media platforms, Vanessa Dunha Garmo, and you can go to Epiphany Communications and Coaching and send me an email as well. As always, remind our listeners to connect, communicate, and to collaborate with your community. Thanks for listening. It's your community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.